welcome back to the Hippocratic Hope. I'm your host, Beth Farrell. Join me as I discuss the emotional impact many are going to experience being medical and psychological caregivers during a global pandemic. When I first began my postgraduate practice, my clinical supervisor reminded me that it's okay not to know what to do in every session. That in fact, we are often there to simply hold the stories of those who seek our help modeling for them that it is possible to tolerate the difficult thoughts and emotions that they experience. And we do this by being willing to sit with them as they face the magnitude of what they've gone through. This is a beautiful thing, and there is little that I am better at doing than this. But there are times when the person sitting across from me requires me to push my capacity. And of course, I am more than willing and able However, that's why I'm here, because being a medical or psychological caregiver at times requires us to redline or even push beyond our capacity. Sometimes we know what it's costing us, and sometimes we don't. And that's why I often advocate for policies that support self-care, taking time to educate others and support them in my free time, because It's important to me that we get through this together so that we can carry the inherent burden that comes from what we do best. One of the ways that we support and learn from others is to normalize. And what better way to do that than to share with you what I've experienced over the last six weeks. As the knowledge about the coronavirus grew, I did become more and more anxious But it wasn't until after sitting through some pretty heavy sessions and holding the distress and feeling the feelings of those sitting with me that I began to truly feel the burden. And then on my drive home, which is normally my time to separate what I experience at work and enter into the loving, peaceful household that is my life, I began to realize what was happening and really what I was losing. And I was angry. I was angry that I wasn't going to get to experience the things that I had planned this year. And while they aren't necessarily the most important things to me, they were activities and vacations that I wanted. And I wasn't wanting to give up, but had no choice. It was being taken from me. And that was really hard to swallow. And then when I got home, my son was a little more upset about certain changes than I would have thought he would be. And we spent a lot of time managing behavior that evening. And it got too much. I looked at my husband and I said, I can't do this right now. And I handed my little girl to him and I went up into my room And I had my first panic attack since, oh, I don't even know, 2013 maybe. I had a pounding heart and my thoughts were racing and I was crying hysterically and I was shaking and I was just so upset. After I did my deep breathing and I was able to calm myself down, I was angry at myself because I had spent all this time avoiding these attacks. I hadn't had one. I 
clearly must not be taking as good of care of myself as I, as I, as I thought I was. And then that turned out not to be the case because I sat there after I had calmed down and I reflected, am I sleeping? Yeah. In fact, I was focusing on getting more sleep. Am I eating well? Yes. In fact, again, I was eating better the last few weeks because I knew things were changing and becoming stressful. And in addition, I had continued to increase my movement, my exercise, so that I had a physical outlet for the anxious energy that I experienced. So why did I have a panic attack? And that's when it hit me. Because my world just changed. I got hit by a tsunami. And when you get hit by a tsunami, you get knocked around enough that when you get back up, you got some sand in your pants, you're a little stunned and dazed from taking in some seawater, and you need a minute. You see, my body was functioning quite well, normal even. Emotions do one of three things. They can either motivate us, communicate to other people, or they communicate to ourselves. And to be quite honest, that emotion did all three things. It communicated to my spouse that what I was going through at work and home was affecting me. It also communicated to me that what I'm going through is affecting me. And three, it motivated me to continue to protect the things that keep my mental health strong, like my sleep and my nutrition and my physical exercise. In addition to making sure the people in my life that I use to experience laughter and joy and can express my burdens to are there for me. So this is how I'm conceptualizing it. Picture a pendulum. On a daily basis, we can expect our emotions to swing in between the two ends. Oftentimes, knowing that we might experience frustration from an accident when we're already late for work, or forgetting to pick up the milk and needing it for a recipe, or maybe even a possibility that we might get a flat tire and therefore we're redlining it towards one of those ends. But overall, there is a daily expected normal, a natural swing of the pendulum, as you would say. But we've just changed everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. And when that happens, we react differently to our environment because it requires us to. But if we haven't adjusted, and I'm telling you we're in the adjustment phase, then our body is going to produce maybe a little extra of one emotion over another. And each one of us do respond differently to our environment. That's what makes us unique. Maybe you'll find yourself more agitated. Maybe you'll crack a joke when it's not that funny. Maybe that coworker, that family member that's always so lively is a little more quiet. Or you find your boss pacing back and forth in the hallway or even someone who never cries, tears up. These are all part of normal, appropriate reactions to the tidal wave that we were just all dealt. 
and then appropriate reactions to the oncoming waves of no PPE. Will we be taken care of? Will I live through this? Who won't live through this? What is truly happening? Now, I'm not saying that you should become okay with saying that, oh, I'm going to have a panic attack every day because no, please, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is you might not need to run out and get a Xanax or you might need to let Joe's comments slide because maybe that's just how he's coping and you've known him for 20 years and that's not normally how he handles things. Or maybe you just go back and say, sorry, your emotions right now are in an adjustment phase. The best way to take care of them and keep them adjusting appropriately is to make sure you're getting sleep, make sure you're eating, and make sure you have at least a few moments every day where you intentionally observe how the impact of this tidal wave is affecting you and yourself. You are not alone. And I want to remind you, we are being asked to rise up and grasp our calling. And if we take care of ourselves, we are more than capable of meeting the challenge. Marianne Rodmacher once said, Courage does not always roar. Sometimes, courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day that says, I'll try again tomorrow. Thank you for joining me again, and please subscribe to the Hippocratic Hope upcoming in the next few weeks are going to be some wonderful sessions for me and my friends and I think you'll enjoy.